Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Why is there suffering in this world? We look out into the world and we see people suffering. And maybe we don't have to look very far. Maybe we, right now, are personally suffering. Now, suffering can come in many different forms. Physical, psychological, emotional, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, abuse. Whatever it is, we suffer. And no one is immune from it. Jesus Christ himself suffered when he was in this world. Suffering also has varying levels of intensity. Some people suffer far greater than others. And so it begs the question, why? Why do people suffer in this world? Why does God allow suffering to take place? And where is God in the midst of all this suffering? These questions have echoed throughout the centuries and have been constantly been asked by people. In fact, atheists use this question to disprove the existence of God in the world. They will say or argue, if God truly exists, and if he is truly all-powerful and all-loving, then why does he allow suffering to occur in this world? To help us draw insight into this issue, what we have to do is read both the first reading from the book of Job as well as the gospel together in order for us to begin to understand and fathom why we suffer in this world. Listen now from the book of Job in the first reading. He writes, Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? So I have been assigned months of misery, and troubled nights have been allotted to me. If in bed I say, When shall I arise? Then the night drags on, and I am filled with restlessness until dawn. Remember that my life is like the wind, and I shall not see happiness again. Job right now is suffering, and he's suffering with great pain. Not only is suffering painful, but we have the sense of frustration that accompanies with it. No matter how hard we try to get out of our situation, we keep falling back into our pain and suffering. Worse yet, it brings with it a sense of hopelessness. We wonder if it will ever end, if we will ever be released from it. We don't hear God's response in the first reading from the scriptures this weekend, but God, yes, he does respond to Job. In chapter 38 of the book of Job, now God answers Job in a very interesting way with questions. God says to Job, where were you when I founded the earth and the universe? And where were you when I commanded the morning and showed the dawn its place? Notice the exchange here between 
the two. Each has a different perspective. Job's perspective is narrowed. It's focused in on himself and his own suffering. Yet God's perspective is of the grand scheme of things. God sees the big picture. He sees everything from the time the world was created to limitless future. God sees the entire scheme of things. A great analogy to help us understand this is that of a puzzle. Each and every one of us has one piece of the puzzle. We look at that piece and we say, I don't understand it. It has no meaning for me. I don't see any purpose in it. I don't see the picture. How many pieces, though, are in that puzzle? Billions and billions. And God has each and every one of those pieces. He carefully and meticulously places and puts those pieces of the puzzle together. And in doing so, he sees the big picture. He sees the grand scheme of it all. And in doing so, he sees that everything has meaning and purpose to it. And see, that's our problem. We can't see the big picture. We see just this little piece of a puzzle and it doesn't have purpose or meaning. And therefore, we're confused and frustrated, especially when suffering enters into our life. Yet, I think there are times in which God allows us to see a glimpse of the big picture, to look and see the view from the hilltop, and maybe understand that, yes, possibly our suffering, our pain, may have purpose and meaning. A great example of this is the book, The Last Lecture, written by Randy Pausch. Now, this is a book that was just written a year or two ago. Randy Pausch was a professor who was teaching at Carnegie Mellon University in Pennsylvania. Just a few years ago, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. The prognosis was that the doctors gave him nine months, maybe 12 at best, to live. Upon hearing this, Randy began to work on his last lecture. Now, it's interesting to understand that there is a tradition at Carnegie Mellon University that any professor that is leaving to take on another position, either at a university or somewhere else, has the privilege to have one last lecture for the students as well as for faculty. Now, this last lecture is unique and different from all others. The professor doesn't focus on their specific area in which they were trained in. Instead, it's a very personal lecture. The professor uses this moment to pass on the last words of wisdom to his students as well as to the faculty. And Randy Posh did just this. And yet, there was something different. His last lecture was literally the last lecture of his life. Shortly afterwards, he published the book, The Last Lecture. Now, what's so amazing about this book, his lecture wasn't about dying or death, but instead it was about overcoming obstacles and suffering in our life. It was a book that enabled others to fulfill their dreams. Ultimately, this book 
was about living, living a life amidst obstacles and suffering. Now, the book sold millions of copies and inspired people throughout the country on how to cope with the challenges of life and how to live lives full of meaning and purpose despite the suffering that comes our way. Now, realize Randy Posh suffered with his pancreatic cancer. He suffered through countless painful operations and numerous chemotherapy treatments. Yet, I think that was the piece of the puzzle of God's universe. Yet, by writing this book and giving his last lecture, I think he was trying to attempt to look past that one piece of the puzzle that didn't make any sense and try and catch a glimpse of the big picture of the universe, to try and get a view from the hilltop and see what the big picture truly looks like. And I think he did. And therefore, in this book, The Last Lecture, he is describing and telling us exactly what that glimpse from the hilltop looks like. What's so amazing is when I talk to people who have read this book, they have been so inspired by this man's words. From the very source of his suffering, he touched the lives of hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people. He inspired these people. He helped them to overcome obstacles in their lives and to live lives with meaning and purpose despite the suffering that they are undergoing. That's why I said at the very beginning, the first reading from the book of Job, as well as the gospel passage for this weekend from the gospel of Mark, must be read together in order for us to understand suffering in this world. Listen now from the gospel passage. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were ill and possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons. When we encounter suffering and pain in our life, we must be like those people. We must go to Jesus Christ. Why? Because Christ will enter into our suffering with us so that now we are not alone. Remember, Jesus knows our pain and suffering. He suffered too. He suffered anxiety and depression in the Garden of Gethsemane. He suffered loss and abandonment of his apostles when he was arrested. Finally, he suffered deep physical pain when he died upon the cross. Jesus knows our pain. And therefore, go to him and allow Christ to enter into your own suffering. And you will receive strength and, more importantly, peace. I liken it to a child that climbs into its mother's lap when it is hurt and crying. By being in the presence of the mother's lap, the child now draws strength from the mother's sheer presence. And now, after a while, the child stops crying. The pain that the child felt is a little less severe. It is a little less intense. And now the child 
feels comfort and peace. My friends, we too must do the same thing ourselves. When we experience suffering, we must go to Christ and climb into the lap of God. We must go and enter into the presence of God in prayer, in the sacraments. Then we will have and feel the peace of God. Will God completely take away our pain? No. Will he completely take away our suffering? Probably not. But now, Jesus Christ will give us a sense of peace amongst all that pain. And Jesus Christ, through his power and through his sheer presence, just like the mother, will overshadow us and our suffering and now gives us a sense of peace. And the pain and the suffering that we felt before, now the intensity is reduced. So now we can bear it along with Christ. And you see, when you read this book, the last lecture, you see the peace of God overshadowing this person, Randy Pausch, in his suffering. Is Randy angry in the fact that he will not be able to see his 